0: Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm the women's ministry director for New Vision's Buchanan campus, and today we are continuing our journey through the book of Acts in chapter 9, verses 32 through 43. I'll be reading in the English Standard Version. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Luda. There he found a man named Dinaos, Bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you, rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Luda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Luda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Oh, friends these miracles let's not miss just how profound this is um, the last time we saw Peter was when he was on his way back to Jerusalem that's what acts 8:25 told us and now Luke is telling us that Peter came down to the Saints in Luda which infers that he probably came from the higher elevations of Jerusalem and Samaria Luda's about 25-ish miles northwest of Jerusalem. So I love this because we see this example of the apostles obeying Jesus' words in Acts 1-8 so that they are no longer restricting their ministry just to Jerusalem, but they're branching out and around into other areas, which Luke makes clear because he says, Peter went here and there among them all, um, which I think is neat. And then it says, Luda stands in the plain of Sharon, nine miles from Joppa. So just to give you an idea of like the proximity of these places, Places because we're going to move, obviously, from Luda to Joppa, and, and it helps to know that they're about nine miles apart. It's also really fascinating to me if you plot out the ministry of Peter, just how we, with all of these years past, have the beauty to see what God was doing, how he was divinely and sovereignly orchestrating progressively positioning and preparing Peter to take the gospel to the Gentile Cornelius in Caesarea, as well as obviously all of the other good works that God had prepared for him beforehand. Um, We'll see that story about Cornelius in Acts 10. But at this point, Peter has come down to Luda and found Ineos. I find it really interesting that Aeneas means praise, but what we know about him first is that he is paralyzed and has been bedridden for eight years. Completely and utterly dependent on others for even the most basic essentials of life. At the mercy of others for every single need. And this is right where Peter finds him, not the other way around. Doesn't this just show you the grace of God that he led Peter to this man? And so what does Peter do? With bold confidence, he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. Friends, wow, (laughs) let's not miss these miracles. This is powerful. And there are so many rich points in this one simple verse. First, the confidence that Peter displays. Don't forget this is the same Peter that denied Christ three times. But he's also the same Peter who full of the Holy Spirit and not himself prayed for and received boldness to continue speaking the word of God. Remember, we saw that in Acts 4. This healing is a profound and beautiful miracle story for Ineos, but it is adjacent to the profound and beautiful redemption story of Peter's life as well. It shows that Jesus Christ is certainly able to heal the body, but also to redeem a life to miraculous ministry as well. So we see confident Peter, the Peter on whom Christ said he would build his church, is doing just that. And those who see this miracle turn to the Lord And just as Ineas' name would suggest, they praise. I also don't want to miss that when Peter tells Ineas that Jesus Christ heals him, he follows it up with a rise and make your bed. We see how this models similar miracles that Jesus performed while on earth, where he told the healed to grab their mats or to get up or to move on, right? Donji Butler says the blessing was followed by duty. The cure was followed by a command. The restoration was followed by responsibility. I really love that because that's exactly what Jesus did after his healings. That's what he modeled and that's what we see Peter do as well. So in the first miracle, we see Peter through the power of Jesus Christ heal a body. In the next section, we see not just a body healed, but a life resurrected when the disciples in Joppa heard that Peter was that maybe nine miles away in Luda, they begged him to come quickly because of the death of this precious saint, Tabitha, or Dorcas. Dorcas is identified as a disciple full of good works and acts of charity, and she is clearly loved and revered. The widows are beside themselves with grief, and they want to show Peter all the things that Dorcas made them. This time, though, Peter puts them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, "Tabitha, arise." You know, when I first read through this passage multiple times, I somehow kept skipping over the knelt down and prayed part. I was just thinking, "Okay, Peter put everybody out, and then he told her to get up." <laughs> um, but that's not what happened. He there was a very important progression. Peter put them outside and then knelt down and prayed. Again, here we see the humility. And we see this acknowledging that Peter understands it's not him or his power that's needed. So he prays and then turns to the body and says, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. In both of these miracles, we see how others turn to and believe in the Lord as a result of changed lives. Jack Arnold says this really great quote. I'm going to add um, women in this as well, but otherwise it's his original quote. It says, when we carry this over into the spiritual realm, nothing has more of an impact for Jesus Christ than a changed life. Unsaved men and women can mock at their false image of Christ fight the whole concept of the supernatural, argue about the rightness or wrongness of Christianity, but they cannot deny the fact that when men and women claim to know Christ, their lives are changed and changed lives more than any other thing will cause unsaved men and women to seek after Christ. Friends, if you're new to new vision, it's, it's our mission, our vision that we lead people to lives of gospel transformation, because that is what the gospel does. It transforms. It changes us. And no one can deny that fact. There is no more powerful witness. There is no um, scholarly eloquence necessary. Our lives speak of the glory of God when we do what would otherwise be impossible for us to do. When people around us see that we are not who we once were, they can't argue this. It's not about doctrines or right or wrong or or having these great debates. Our lives speak the glory and shine the light of Jesus. And that's what changes hearts. That's what changes minds. So friends, does your behavior match your belief? Does your belief match your behavior? Here's the simple truth, it does, but maybe not the way you thought it did. Our beliefs, our acceptance of a father, our pursuit of the gospel do, will, must result in change. And that change should be evident. If it's not, we really have to reconsider what if we've encountered the Christ um, that frees us from all unrighteousness. So that's my encouragement to you today. Let's not miss the power of these miracles, not only for the people they were performed for, not just Ineos, not just Tabitha, not just the saints that that got to witness it, the widows that, that were participating, but for Peter himself. He also is a miracle redemption story. So let's not forget that. This is what God has for us, and I challenge you um, to consider that today. What evidence is there of this great change? And where that evidence exists, let that light shine for him. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.